Hello, and welcome to the Denali Lord Nutrition and Wellness Podcast. Denali Lord, I'm a registered dietitian, fitness professional, and mindset coach. We are on our Healthy Foundation series that encompasses the entire month of June. Each week, we talk about a different health foundation topic. Last week, it was exercise and movement. This week, it's all about nutrition. There is a lot of information out on the interweb about nutrition. However, I do encourage you to develop a discerning eye of what is valid and reliable information and what's just gossip, right? What's the TMZ of nutrition? So today we'll talk about how to find good sources of nutrition information and of course, just nutrition basics. So food, we literally cannot live without food. We have to have food to help nourish and sustain our body, to help us recover, to help us heal, and to help us live an optimal quality life. In order for us to live, in order for us to heal from any injuries, illnesses, or chronic conditions that we have, and in order for us to perform optimally, we need to have three things in our diet. That is complex carbohydrates, healthy fats and protein. We need a balance of these. We cannot fully function optimally without one. I know there's a lot of dietary trends out there where they skew one macronutrient heavily and then eat barely any of another macronutrient. I'm not going to recommend that for the general population. So this is, you've got good health overall. If you don't have good health, you are working with a medical doctor or hopefully with a registered dietitian, someone like me, that can prescribe medically-based nutrition. So make sure you are working with the right professional. All right, guys. So a little bit more about macronutrients. So macronutrients, again, are carbohydrates, protein, and fat. So at some point in time, you have heard probably good things and bad things. Well, I'm here to tell you the good and the bad. So carbohydrates. So carbohydrates ideally take up the bulk of our diet. They compose anywhere from 45 to 65% of our diet. If you are vegan or vegetarian, you're probably on that upwards of 65, maybe even a higher percentage of your diet is coming from carbohydrates. So carbohydrates can look like something from a simple sugar, think an apple or honey, and it can be very complex. Think about couscous, quinoa, whole wheat pasta. For those of us who are gluten intolerant or gluten sensitive, meaning that we are allergic to a protein found in the wheat, your diet might be more of a gluten-free, heavy focus on vegetables, and heavy focus on fruits. So it really just depends on our personal needs and what we have going on within our body. Typically, the more active you are, the more carbohydrates that you need. The reason for that is carbohydrates are our brain's number one preferred source of fuel. I'll say that again, carbohydrates are our body's number one preferred source of fuel. 
not fats, not proteins. So carbohydrates really do help us. Here's why. Whether they are simple, rapidly absorbed, and they can be rapidly used carbohydrates or whether they're complex. Think about a big pasta meal that you have. It physically takes longer for our bodies to digest and absorb those complex carbohydrates. So whether it's a rapid acting or slow responding carbohydrate, our brain and ultimately our muscles need that. Carbohydrates help our brain send out signals to the rest of our body, telling our body to blink, to contract, to move out of the way from an oncoming car or object. So it's critical that we do have a certain level of carbohydrates. Now, folks that have diabetes or maybe they have insulin intolerance or they are struggling to maintain healthy blood glucose levels, you might have a very strict ratio of carbohydrates that you can have. I highly, highly, highly encourage you to work with a registered dietitian if you do have diabetes or prediabetes. The next macronutrient group that we're gonna talk about is protein. So I feel like protein is one of the most widely debatable macronutrients right now. It's a hot topic. And really, the RDA, the recommended daily allowance for protein is anywhere from 10 up to 35% of your total caloric intake, okay? So I've seen things as high as 50 or 60% protein. I feel bad for someone's kidneys if it's that high. And again, if someone is vegan, sometimes it can be harder to find good quality sources of protein. So really, I encourage you, if you're not sure how much protein you need, you can check out websites such as eatright.org. That is the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics website. That is my accrediting body. They have very reliable and valid information. The Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics has a member site that can be used for non-dietitians, so more the general public, as well as a pro site that's for dietitians and or licensed dietetic professionals. So whether you're going onto the main site or whether you do get access to that pro site, you're gonna find some really valuable information as far as what should I be eating in a day? These are general recommendations. If you want to know specifics, again, I encourage you to reach out and ask the help of a registered dietitian. Another database that I really like to use as far as just how much of a certain food am I eating is the USDA, so US Department of Agriculture, has a food data central database. So again, USDA, Department of US Agriculture, has a food data central database. It's fdc.nal.usda.gov. Again, that's fdc.nal.usda.gov. To work with a dietitian or determine how many grams of protein that you need a day based on your activity level can help you pinpoint. In general, 
the more active you are, the more protein you need, especially if you're an endurance athlete. So this is all my endurance runners, my endurance cyclers. If you power walk long distances, you need to eat more. As far as bodybuilding, bodybuilding typically requires more sugar than anything because the intensity of the work is short in nature. Think about a one rep maximum deadlift that you have to perform. That will take you less than 30 seconds. So you do need to eat more healthy carbohydrates. You do need to have a basis of support for your protein intake levels. But those endurance athletes that are basically burning through sugar, they're burning through fat, and then eventually they actually start burning down their own muscle reserves. Those athletes need protein more than anybody. The older you are, the more protein that you need. So that means someone who is 75 is more likely going to need more protein than someone who's 25. Now, not always. Again, I'm giving very generalized recommendations. Don't go home and say, hey, grandma, did you know that you need more protein than me? Maybe, maybe not. This is why you need to talk with a registered dietitian. So just know that the advice I'm giving you today is general. Okay, guys, fat. So I feel like fat is another one of those macronutrients that loves to get hated on, but we actually need fat. Fat is involved in so many different of our neurological functionings. It helps insulate our organs. It also helps compose uh, layers of our cells. So our body is composed of billions of cells and fat is part of that. So in general, we need about 20 to 35% of fat. So that's about a quarter-ish of our diet coming from fat. So folks that follow more ketogenic diets, um, they have a heavy, heavy fat ratio. Who really needs to go on a ketogenic diet? It's probably not a lot of the people who are on it. Typically, ketogenic diet was created for seizures. So someone that might have epilepsy or they're having seizures due to a um, medication response or some, some kind of condition that is very specialized. The ketogenic diet can be very hard on the kidneys as it is very high fat, very high protein. And so really, again, I feel like I'm kind of beating a dead horse here, but talking with a dietitian before you go on any of these crazy, very extreme diets is a good idea. Now, I haven't really talked about what is a healthy carbohydrate? What is a healthy protein? What is a healthy fat? So let's dive into that. Let's go back to carbohydrates. Again, we need 45 to 65% of our diet coming from carbohydrates. So healthy carbohydrates in general are those that are more complex, meaning that they take longer to digest and absorb. Think about your brown rice, couscous, quinoa, leafy grains like spinach or arugula any of your root vegetables. So think about sweet potatoes or yams. Those are going to be great sources of complex carbohydrates. Now, what about simple sugars? So simple sugars, your monosaccharides or disaccharides, we still need those. In fact, fruits are actually composed of disaccharides or two simple sugars. Milk is a disaccharide. So just because it's a simple sugar doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. Things that we do want to be aware of as far as our consumption is table sugar, 
white and rich table sugar because it's got the most amount of processing. Too much sugar tends to spike our blood sugar. It gives us this big energy rush. And then a few minutes later, we just feel pretty terrible. Not to mention that it can also have some negative side effects on our gut leading to IBS like uh, symptoms. So think constipation followed by diarrhea, things that none of us really want to have. Really unrealistic to say that you're never gonna eat a simple sugar again. In fact, I would be disappointed why we're human and we're meant to eat a variety of foods that includes candy or something sweet maybe you're not big on candy but maybe you like baked goods maybe you like cookies or you like pies or you like cakes or you like ice cream which is a nice blend actually of everything but it's going to be impossible to avoid eating those simple sugars and as mentioned earlier fruits are also a simple sugar so we do need to have some simple sugars, okay? I don't wanna give a percentage of eat clean or eat healthy 80% of the time followed by 20% of the time. But in general, if you are eating far more vegetables and fruits than you are processed simplified sugars, your body will be in a much better overall state of health. You'll have better blood sugar control. You'll have better digestion. You'll have a better weight. You'll perform better if you're an athlete. You're also gonna have better sleep. The worse your diet is, the higher that it is in those simplified processed sugars, those that are found in syrups and sweet sauces or candies or really processed baked goods, you're not gonna feel good, right? We're gonna feel pretty terrible. And so your diet kind of reflects that. Protein, what is a good example of protein? So it really depends on your diet. Again, if you're vegetarian or vegan, you're going to seek protein sources that are not from animals. So for my vegans, that's going to rule out dairy for you. Alternatives like nuts, so think about Brazil nuts, almonds, pistachios, walnuts, peanuts, those are going to become your best friends, as well as some wheat-like products so couscous, quinoa, those are higher in protein. There are some whole wheat pastas that are also enriched. They have added protein to them just to give vegetarians and or vegans that extra little bump. So things um, that you can do to help you increase your protein intake to your food. If you are not opposed to eating dairy, Cottage cheese is an excellent source of protein, very high in protein, also very high in calcium, and has just a little bit of fat to help you absorb things. We're gonna talk about fat here more in detail in just a few. But having a large portion of your protein, whether or not you're vegan, vegetarian, or whether you also eat meat, is heart healthy, meaning that our heart loves omega-3 fatty acids and nuts and nut butters are a rich source of omega-3 fatty acids. If you choose to focus the majority of your protein intake from animals, that's okay. Great sources of high quality protein from animals include fish. So think about salmon, mackerel, tuna, halibut. These are typically more freshwater cold fish, meaning that they, leave, they live excuse me, in these really deep 
cold waters. Those are gonna be very high quality sources of protein. Fish like grouper, mahi-mahi, tilapia, they still have some protein, but it's not going to be as high as those cold water fish. Other good sources of protein are poultry. Think about turkey and chicken, as well as lean ground beef. I'm thinking 93% lean or fat-free or less, as well as lean cuts of pork. So think about your pork chops. You see that thin layer of fat around the edge. Otherwise, the rest of it is actually pretty thin. It's pretty lean, meaning that there's very little marbling or fat within the tissue. Good idea of fat, okay? Or of protein and what you need to eat for protein. I was looking ahead at my fat node. So we hopefully have a good idea of protein. Again, that's 10 to 35% of your daily protein needs. If you have specifics about protein, reach out to me. Fat. So fat, again, very controversial subject. Uh, about 20 to 25 years ago, fat was virtually not a thing. Some of you guys might remember Olestra chips, which uh, basically prevented you from absorbing the fat, or just fat-free or low-fat everything. Low-fat yogurt, low-fat ice cream, fat-free chips, fat-free cookies. And well, guys, if we take one macronutrient out of a food, we have to replace it with the other. And so the counterpoint to that is a higher profile of carbohydrates, which might not necessarily help someone who is struggling to control their blood sugar, right? Because you've got a higher carbohydrate profile. So my recommendation as a dietitian, eat the moderate or full fat variation. You just don't have as much of it, right? Think about common sense here. So what is a healthy fat? We briefly talked about this earlier, but these are fats that are not saturated. So what is a saturated fat? If you have ever seen butter or margarine, that's a saturated fat. It is solid at room temperature. Fats that are more liquid in nature, just liquid at room temperature, are going to be healthier for us. Why? They contain more of those monounsaturated fats and polyunsaturated fats. Now, the one exception, I'm sure you guys already went there, you're like, but what about avocados? Avocados are actually a fruit, and it is one of the few fruits that has a high amount of fat in it. But those fats are mostly monounsaturated, okay? There's, fats are a blend. They're kind of like a, a marble, where marbles have different colors in them. Fats typically, typically have different types of fat all within the food, meaning that it's really hard to just eat an omega-3 fatty acid. You're gonna get some other blends of fatty acids, but for almonds, for example, the omega-3 fatty acids have a very high profile. In avocados, the monounsaturated fat has a very high profile. All right, so with our fats, we want the emphasis to be on the polyunsaturated fats and the monounsaturated fats. These are heart healthy, these are more liquid in nature, and there's all kinds of research showing that it helps prevent inflammation, it helps with our memory and or memory loss, it helps with good blood flow, it helps with athletic ability, endurance athletes. We want those 
polyunsaturated fats, not only to help with inflammation, but also just to help with your performance. So fat is, is crucial. As mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, fat composes our cell walls. We need fat whenever our brains start to communicate with other parts of our body. So fat is crucial. We also need it just to survive, right? Could you imagine not having any fat on you? That would be pretty miserable from your bones hurting to things just being more jarring. To imagine if you bumped into something and you accidentally hit your ribs and you had no fat on your body, that would not feel good. So fat is a good thing. What are some healthier sources of fat? As mentioned earlier, more of those liquid type sources of fat so your olive oil, your canola oil, your avocado oils, your saturated um, or polyunsaturated oils are going to be the healthiest. As far as foods that contain healthy fats, avocados is a great example. Nuts is another great example or nut butters. And freshwater fish. So fish like salmon, mackerel, tuna, halibut, excellent sources of healthy fats. Fats that we want to typically stay away from, saturated fats, which are found from animals. Saturated fat can only be from animal tissue. So that's why if you're eating more plant-based sources of fat, your likelihood of absorbing the saturated fat is pretty zero, right? It's, it's none to zero. If you're eating most of your fat from animal sources, you will get some of that saturated fat. And dairy does contain a big amount or high amount of saturated fat because it's coming from cows. Trans fats. Trans fats are a man-made fats and they're actually illegal in some states and cities. So it's good to check your local guidelines of are trans fats illegal? So what trans fats do is they basically allow something to have a longer shelf life. So think about your baked goods, like your pizza crust, your pie crust, those we want to extend the shelf life. Otherwise we made an organic pie crust from scratch. It would probably stay good for a day or two. And then after that, not so much. So to some extent, the shelf life is important. One sneaky thing about trans fats is that food manufacturers can actually legally round down if something is at half a gram or lower. Now, normally when you see 0.5, you round up, right? That is the typical mathematics rule. So I'm not sure how the trans fat group got together and decided that they're going to round down. But if you look at a food label, sometimes you can piece together and you can actually see how many grams of trans fat are in a serving size. I did talk about all of this in another podcast that was just a few weeks back. So if you guys look ahead and it talks about macro counting, this um, information is also in that podcast. So it's good to kind of reference it if this is gonna be a more highlighted uh, podcast series. So the other big component to nutrition is really three other things, water and then micronutrients, vitamins and minerals. So water, we need water to perform every single function in our body. 
Water is a universal catalyst. Now, what do catalysts do? Catalysts speed something up. So in essence, water speeds up our metabolism. It speeds up our digestion. It speeds up our ability to think. We have to have water. This is why 70% of our body is composed of water. So the recommendation, I know there's a general recommendation for 64 ounces of water. Personally, as a dietitian and professionally, I guess, I don't feel that this is enough. I think you need two thirds to a one-on-one ratio. So say, for example, you weigh 150 pounds, 50 pounds, two thirds of your body weight. If you just converted that into ounces is 99.9. Let's just round that up to hundred. Nice, even number. So you, you would want to drink a hundred ounces of water a day for most days, days that you're out in the sun a lot, or you're outside in the elements, or you're extremely active, you're going to need more. If you take the one-to-one ratio, you weigh 150 pounds, you need to drink 150 ounces of water a day. I realize this is a lot. There's all sorts of ways though to help you keep up with your water consumption. Um, That is for another podcast later, but again, if you have questions, reach out to me. So making sure we're getting water. Water is that great universal catalyst that's gonna help us think better, feel better, move better, and sleep better. So the other two things that we need for a healthy foundation with our nutrition is just making sure we're getting enough micronutrients. That's vitamins and minerals. There is a bunch of B vitamins. There's vitamin C. There's fat soluble vitamins, A, D, E, and K. There is so much information on vitamins. I'm not going to get into depth with it. That's literally several podcasts worth of information, but we do need vitamins to help us perform pretty much every function in our body. And when we're deficient in them, oftentimes this can cause diseases. It can cause cancers, but just being deficient in one vitamin is enough to really make us feel like crap, honestly. So it is important that you take a multivitamin. I don't recommend gummies. Why? Gummies are full of a bunch of processed sugar. They also have a bunch of glues and binders to them that you don't really absorb a lot of your vitamin, which honestly, it's, it's physically impossible, physiologically impossible to absorb 100% of that vitamin concentration just with the exposure to sunlight, the exposure to heat. Vitamins are very sensitive. They denature or break down so easily. So just something to keep in mind. So what I do recommend is a capsule, is a clear coated capsule that has the powdered, um, broken down form of the vitamin that's going to have the least amount of barriers to help your body break down that vitamin. Minerals, same thing. We need minerals for every single function in our body. A lot of people, there's a significant amount of the population who are somewhat deficient in calcium and or magnesium. And calcium and magnesium are also electrolytes that our body needs to not only have a normal heart rhythm, but also to make our muscles contract when we need them to contract or to rest. Could you imagine not being able to rest and relax your muscles? That would be so painful, right? That can happen with an electrolyte imbalance. So alongside with vitamins, I do encourage that you take a supplement for some of the minerals. Those minerals would include calcium, magnesium, and iron. 
those three minerals are oftentimes the one that we are most efficient in. For my folks that have anemias, there's several different types of anemias. We know we need to take iron. And sometimes also we need that B12, which goes hand in hand with our supplement for vitamins. In general, if you take a multivitamin that is specific for your age range and for your gender, for example, say you are a 69 year old male, you wanna take a vitamin that is specific for males and that is also specific for 65 and older. Why? Because you have different needs than a male who's 37 and has, is in a different stage of life. So being very particular with the stage of life that you're in and with what you're taking. I know I've, I've heard of some people taking prenatal vitamins when they are not expecting. That's really, it's not a good idea, even if you are deficient in the vitamin, because there's going to be other vitamins that you get way too much of that could lead to toxicity. And you can actually have too much of a good thing. All right, guys. So in summary today, we've talked about carbohydrates, proteins, and fats. We've talked about the ratio that we need, the carbohydrates, protein, and fat. We've talked about examples of healthy carbohydrates, protein, and fat. We also talked about water intake and that we need two thirds to a one-on-one -on -one ounces to body weight ratio. And we've also talked about vitamins and minerals, taking your vitamin, taking your multivitamin on a daily basis, and then also taking calcium, iron, and magnesium to help us supplement our minerals as well. If you guys have any questions at all, please feel free to reach out to me, info at denalilord.com. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and I'll talk with you guys soon.